0: Hi, everybody, Jeanette Diffkins from Onyx Legal. And what I thought uh, it might be good to talk about today is your business structure. So who can tell me where, who in the room operates out of a company? One, two, three, four, five. Okay, cool. Uh, and is everybody else sole traders? Uh, Trusts? anyone operating out of a trust? One, well, Hey. Two. Okay, cool. All right. So in terms of your business structure, what you've got to understand is if you are operating as a sole trader, what that means is... You, in Australia, um, obviously a bit different to China, but in Australia, what that means is you have an ABN, an Australian business number, and that is essentially how the ATO tracks you and how you demonstrate to other businesses that you're legitimate, Uh, and if you have a turnover of more than $75,000 in any 12-month period, so it's not a year, it's any 12-month period... um, that you are then registered for GST. You can choose to register for GST at any time um, of turnover, but as soon as you hit 75,000 in any 12 month period, you have to register for um, GST. And that means you collect tax and remit it on behalf of the government. Uh, As a sole trader, even if you use a business name, So, for example, Onyx Legal is a business name, but it's a business name associated with our company, not a business name associated with me as a sole trader. If it was associated with me as a sole trader, what that means is I, as a sole trader, am exposed in every area. So... Anything in my name, like a house or a car or an investment property or shares or anything else that I have listed in my personal name is at risk if anything goes wrong in my business and someone wants to sue me in my business, because there is no what they call corporate veil between me and the business. So as a sole trader, um, being the memory keeper, for example, um, that would mean Everything you have in your own name is exposed. Yes. So some people don't realize this. So setting up as a sole trader is great if you're in a low-risk business, and the memory keeper is a low-risk business, seriously. Um, You're not likely to – people don't eat your products. They don't use your products for health treatment or anything like that they are keepsakes it's a low risk business it's all good don't panic Um, (laughs) so you know what you've got to look at is what you're doing so being a lawyer is not a low risk business (laughs) okay (laughs) people get shitty with their lawyers they want to sue them Um, or they want to complain to the legal services board um, or anything like that now as, so this is why we operate as a company and not as a sole trader. So there is a corporate veil there so that anything in my personal name is separate from what happens in my business. In a partnership, you are in the same exact same position as if you were a sole trader. So everything you have is exposed and not just everything you have exposed to the business of the partnership. If one of the partners in the business does something dodgy, even if you know nothing about it and you have nothing to do with it, you are exposed because in a partnership, every single partner in that partnership is 100% liable for anything done in the name of that partnership. Okay. So this is the reason we set up companies or trusts to run businesses, is to create that corporate veil and that separation. And a really good example I've got for you in this space is a client of ours um, naively listened to a um, research and development advisory firm. So the research and development advisory firm said, we can help you get R&D tax credits from the ATO because of what you're doing, all you have to do is keep doing it and we'll put in all of the applications and we'll take a cut of the deduction that you get from the tax office um, in payment of our fees and and you'll have all these benefits. And my client went, oh, great. But what this advisory firm didn't say is in order to get R&D tax credits, you have to do a massive amount of documentation to be able to demonstrate what those tax credits apply for so that if you're ever audited, you could substantiate your claim. Um, So that advisory firm had one of their clients audited by the tax office and the tax office decided that that particular business was wholly deficient and had to repay all the tax credits. So they audited every single client of that advisory firm, which included my client. And my client, not knowing that they had to keep all this documentation, hadn't. So they got a nasty letter in the mail saying that you owe $78,000 in um, tax credits that you weren't entitled to, and we're going to whack on a penalty of $25,000, and you're supposed to pay it within a very short period of time. So my client was talking to me and their accountant and their accountant and I were talking with each other. My clients were thinking they were going to have to sell their house to pay this debt to the ATO. Everything they incurred was in their company. Their house was actually in their personal names. So we were able to separate the two and say, no, 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 no. Don't you go selling your house. Your house is your personal assets these R&D tax credit issues and penalties and things are your company problem the best thing you can do is wind up your company and that's what they did because they had a company in place to separate the two. Um, This is also part of the reason why I don't know if For those of you who have companies, I am assuming that you have got your director identification number. This is something that came in last year and you had to be compliant. So every new director of a company has to have a director identification number. The purpose of that number is to try and track people becoming directors and to stop them what they call phoenixing. And what phoenixing is, is where you shut down one company and immediately turn around and open up another company with everything that the first company had in it and you just leave the creditors behind and they're stuck. And it happens a lot, unfortunately, in property development. And the people who get left um, are the people, the tradies, you know, the people who can least afford not to get paid. Uh, So there's, there's different ways of structuring businesses for different purposes and there's different compliance obligations but the key thing is if you think you're in an industry where you're potentially at risk what you need to look at is is a sole trader Set up appropriate for that industry, or would it be better for you to operate out of a company? Uh, and this is different for everyone, and it depends on your risk profile. There are consultants who run sole trader businesses for 30 years and never have a problem because they're in low-risk industries and they have appropriate setups and mitigations other than setting up a company. There are other businesses where it's much more appropriate to run through a corporate structure than, like lawyers than it is to try and run as a sole trader simply because um, you know, we're in a relatively high-risk industry. Uh, so there were a couple of things I wanted to tell you. And the other thing about being a sole trader Uh, or any business, can register a business name. Now, registering a business name is actually now legally required because what the um, Australian Business Register now records is only registered business names. It used to also record trading names, which are unregistered um but that ceased in october of last year so there are some legacy trading names still on the register but they're going to drop off over the course of this year so if you are running a legitimate business and you want people to know you by your business name and that business name is not your personal name or your company name then you should be registering that business name it costs 92 dollars for three years of registration um, you only register it with ASIC uh, and you edu- register it through ASIC Connect. ASIC is A-S-I-C, which is the Australian Securities and Investment Commission. Um, any other letter you get from any other provider, they'll charge you $99 a year. And all they are doing is the administration for you, which is not hard. Um, and instead you can pay $92 for three years if you register your own business name. Now. All you need to do to register a business name is have an ABN. That's all you need. Uh, So your ABN is your Australian business number. You use that as the basis for registering your business name. The business name connects to that ABN. Easy. Okay. So thinking about your business structures. That was today's lesson. (laughs) And I hope that's helpful for people. Uh, Are there any questions?